What episode are we on? Uh, 14? 15? 16? 16. 16. Worst. Hang on, I gotta check our website. Yeah, this is 16. Ooh. Did everyone know... So you were on holiday and you came back and last episode you were saying... You mentioned something about feeling despondent about technology. Are you still feeling... Yeah, are you still feeling despondent? (laughs) Yeah. When you, you spend a week with, like... Internet, but not broadband, you know, not by any legal definition of the word broadband or or anything, you know, load a webmail thing on a phone, eh, maybe, it, you know, kind of loads and then doesn't do anything when you press a button or the iMessages that you have to resend and, you know, trying to, you, you, then you, if you, you end up going for dinner in the afternoon or something, you try and use the Wi-Fi for, oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we we don't know how, how lucky we are living in, like, civilization. Do you have any suspicions that your holiday destination was chosen with a view to the coverage map of your mobile phone provider? <laughs> no doubt, but to be honest... <laughs> Sabotage! Um, there's, to be honest, I, I, I want to disconnect myself as well, but still the things that even aren't technical that you want to do, like just listen to a podcast when you go to bed you know, or, mm-hmm. you know, you're just going for a walk or something and you want to look up directions or just even TripAdvisor, like, I mean, not not heavy usage or anything like that. That wasn't the plan, but just, you know, just normal usage. And then in addition to that, even the really slow one actually went down as well. So whatever tiny bit of internet there actually was then disappeared for a good while as well for everyone, you know. So that was, that was lovely. So I don't know, I'll just have to bring like a satellite dish with me next time or something or... Like, I don't know. Or download some internet before you go. Yeah, I'll just, I'll get the, I'll get one of the the internet archives PETA boxes and fill it up with stuff yeah. and bring it with me or something, <laughs> you know. But What Wikipedia article would I listen to or read today? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, that that brings me to another point. Like, I mean, do you know, when I, I, I came back there um, and just went out to see my, my parents. Now, my parents live three miles outside the city. Okay, so it's technically, by definitions, rural, but, I mean, if I was stuck, I could walk into town, you know what I mean? Or I could walk to a bus stop or something. It's not, you know, it's not that isolated. Um, I mean, Domino's will deliver, you know? You know? Um, <laughs> and I was just trying to watch a video through a streaming service, and it's just it's just atrocious. Like, I mean, they they have an internet connection that is incapable of streaming a video. In the middle of a day, not even a prime time video watching, you know. And it's DSL tape, yeah? Yeah. And then the thing is that the EU said that they wanted 100 megabit broadband for everyone by 2020, I think. But our government's rollout is going to be like 30 megabit broadband for everyone. So we're still quite behind. <laughs> by 2060, yeah. By 2016, I think it is. It was, oh, sorry, was it? Yeah, I, I'm just making up really distant dates because, you know. We know it's yeah. not going to happen anytime, anytime soon. Um, you know, and th- the thing is, the the broadband provider, you know, Aircom, who are in charge of the actual infrastructure, um, mm-hmm. out outside of you know, outside of the the fiber and stuff that you can get in the cities with with uh, Virgin and satellites and LTE and stuff like that. Aircom are in charge of the the landlines. They got a notice last year saying, you know, high speed broadband coming to your area, you know, uh great you know just a few months be grand and on the website it says yeah and you type in the address it was like yeah no you're getting it real soon real soon and then one day just checked and it's like yeah no whoa we never said that what are you what are you talking about there's no high speed broadband coming here um and they you know they did the they were tearing up the road and then they just stopped before the house like and that was it so they obviously just decided to to not bother so i mean this is the reason like as well um, like looking at houses, buying houses, you have to buy a house in a city if you actually want or to use the internet or your job depends on the internet. Like, you know, I think younger people are far too dependent on that um, to 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 move someplace with really bad internet. You know, people aren't going to get um, satellite dishes to watch TV or anything like that. People just want Netflix and YouTube and, you know, they're not going to, I don't know. Like, I'd love to live in a country 
but I just can't do it for my own sanity. I love the concept that there's sort of teenagers living around where where you are on holiday, Dave, who basically their entire existence is what you had for a week, which is like hanging around the back of the hotel trying to scrape a, a bar of Wi-Fi so they can post a status update or something. <laughs> yeah, no, look, I'm sure that they maybe have broadband in their houses or something, but that's, you know, I, I wasn't going knocking on doors to, hi, can I have your, uh, can I have your... Your Wi-Fi password. <laughs> I'll do some coding. Here's a good comparison. We'll, uh, if you visit, uh, turn off Wi-Fi on your phone and visit fast.com, I'd just be interested in what speeds you guys are getting over uh, the cellular network. So I'm getting 20 megs on three. It's not too shabby. And typically, as soon as I go to, to look it up, Apple tries to get me to install an update. Yeah. <sighs> No, not too shabby at all. And I mean, is that that's on 3G, is it, as opposed to... No, 4G. 4G, okay. What, you got 20? Yeah. It's 7. Ah. That's interesting, because we're so close as the crow flies. I wonder, is just you've got a lot of concrete around you? I'm right in the corner, though, yeah. I'm right in the corner of, like, a U-shaped apartment block so i wonder is there any interference or anything like that or i'm sure i think i'm quite close to a mast as well i think there's a mast on fine wines in thumbgate so yeah guys you got nothing on me though check this out (laughs) 520 kb nice oh you live like in a built-up area yeah i do just a little outside the city I heard someone's... That just goes show. So now I'm after actually getting 4G by disconnecting and reconnecting. And yeah. it's dropped to 4G again. Yeah, so back to 3G. Yeah, so 520 KB. You're living in the future. That's it. Yeah, and as soon as I actually make it, as soon as I make a, a move on 4G, it drops to 3G. Oh, 840K now. Not bad. I remember when the place I worked at had dual ISDN lines and it was like 128k <laughs> and it was amazing. It was, that was living in the future. Everything was so fast. Going on the internet during the daytime and not worrying about it. That was, that was a big thing, you know, you know, you, uh, waiting to, until after six was like the usual thing for the uh, off peak times. Yeah. And blocking up the phone line as well. <laughs> Ooh, here'd be a good project. I, I wonder how accurate the Internet Archive um, is in terms of, like, the size of the page. You could do a graph of the size of, say, I don't know, the Irish Times homepage and how it's increased over time versus kind of bro- typical broadband speeds in Ireland. I wonder. Like, I wonder, are we in a zero-sum game? We probably are, and I think, to be honest, the main thing with that is that it'll probably catch the homepage, but there's a lot of the um, JavaScript and all of the trackers and stuff that probably, that literally are what I actually account for that that added megabytes. Like, you know, their homepage itself, if you just go, if you only load stuff from that domain, is probably minimal. But it's the, you know, it's the stuff that fill up your screen and goes through when you're on it that, that are killing it. But as we know, I am... Uh a bit fascist when it comes to minimalist design on the web. Just a little. Just a little. <laughs> Brutalist, some would say. <laughs> <laughs> so we have this phrase, um, a sort of a, a made-up acronym, which, because we're, we're sort of constantly messaging each other with ideas or, or mock-ups for various things we want to build. And the phrase we come up with is minimum viable affect can't be arsed. That's right? Yeah. It's pretty small. Yeah. Mm, MVAF. Yeah. Well, anyway. So th- this concept, like we'll have a cool idea and we'll kind of think about doing it or maybe, you know, actually kind of like, oh, I'm going to do this and then start to do this and kind of giving up really, really quickly because you're like, oh. I can be bothered. This is harder than I thought it would be. Or, yeah, I just like designing the logo part of it and not the actual <laughs> program. <laughs> yeah. So, la- on last week's podcast, I discussed that I was working on a new WordPress theme. Now, in my naivety, you know, I was I was working on a 
a WordPress theme. Um, and then I kind of forgot about it. And then I was editing podcast and I remembered again. I didn't realize it's like, oh, I've talked about it now. So it's not that I have to finish it, but like, this is a very public, like, it's okay if I'm just messaging you guys and my ideas and then fail to do them because you have no expectation that I'm going to follow through. But I, I kind of felt it was a bit more public talking about my new WordPress theme on this um, podcast. So I was sort of cursing myself and everybody else as I was sitting down trying to actually finish the thing. But, but not only that, Thomas, you actually said in the previous podcast that by the time you listen to this, it should be available for download on my website. <laughs> <laughs> so not only did you just mention it, you, kind of, you, you less set people up with the expectation that they would be able to look at this and download it and and use it. So like you had like you, you committed 110 percent. I know. And I totally believed it. I was like, you know, absolutely, this is going to happen. So it did happen. Although I am. Um, our last episode aired on Wednesday, I think. Yep. So I managed to get it out that evening. And there was a bit of feverish sort of hacking that day to finish it off. Just so I could claim that my prediction was sort of true. Um, but yeah, so I finished it. Or at least I sort of got sick enough. I got bored enough that I'm like, oh, I don't want to work on this anymore. I really am sick of it. So, uh, but having said that, I am happy with how it turned out. Um, it looks great. Mm, I really like it. Do you do you think you'll sell it? I mean, is there any hassle? So I said in the last episode, oh, I might do a pro version. Yeah. I, I actually think like my needs and my interests are pretty niche in this area. So I was like, oh, nothing else like this exists. Um, but that's because nobody else really wants something like this. Like it's, you know, it's maybe just me and my audience. They don't know they want it yet, Thomas. <laughs> Put it out there. They'll realize, oh, I've been missing. That's it. Faster horses, faster horses. <laughs> yeah. I might submit it to the core WordPress. There's some things that it kind of violates uh so for example i didn't want any javascript in so um when, on the phone it shows the menu items it doesn't uh, hide them with a a button that you Aye. tap to reveal it so and there are some things i mean they have automatic validation and it validates against all that so i might put it in and if it's popular in there then think about a premium version mm-hmm. so can you talk a bit about the actual process of developing yeah. it so you used uh underscores to as a kind of a base theme yeah so um and things have i last tried to do this maybe three or four years ago and the tooling has developed a lot more now i think in quite an interesting way so automatic with the two t's who they run wordpress.com right yeah far as i know um so they released this base theme called Underscores. They also released another project whose name I can't remember, but I'm going to look up now. Dave, off topic at the moment. Uh, how do you pronounce the word? Uh, oh, no, t- no, no. We have to keep this in. We have to shut up. Right. Okay. Well, because we have to keep this in. All right. I'm going to ask him now. Dave, right? <laughs> Me and Baz are having an argument while okay. you're away. Mm-hmm. So... And we want to know how you would pronounce the word spelt T-U-P-L-E. Tuple. Ah, yes. And Mike already, another person validated me last night. The Stanford, the, the guy in the Stanford course, he says underbar instead of underscore, but he also says tuple. Which is right. And I've never heard it pronounced tuple. Quintuple. Quintuple. <laughs> yeah. Ah, that's a data data thing. A tomato tomato. It is, yeah. It was just, I find it very jarring when you, you know, sometimes you're just like... I suppose it depends on which lecturer told you what a tuple was. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, tuple, 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 tuple. Anyway. Yeah, so Automatic had this theme generator uh, called Undersword. Um, it's quite underscores. Sorry, it's quite interesting. I think why they're doing this. I think they so automatically are trying to push WordPress.com and their Jetpack plugin as well, which they really, really try and get people to 
install and that re- sort of requires themes i think to support certain functionality so i think in an effort to get better support for jetpack and to make it easier to add more themes to wordpress.com um they've created a very comprehensive starter theme um for wordpress so like you know just in case anybody listening thinks, you know, I did this sort of huge piece of work. It was actually fairly easy to make my own theme um, using this uh, generator. Made it really straightforward. So did you have to, like, did you have, is it just CSS at this point? Or did you have to go in and, like, get your hands dirty with the PHP? Uh, I I had to write a bit of PHP, but I... Um, in theory, you wouldn't need to write that much, if any at all. Like, they really do sort of give you something that should be kind of ready to go. Um, it's because they even give you some CSS, like they, and it's a bit more than just kind of normalized. Like, they give you kind of relatively, for the most part, sensible styling. Um for the WordPress output, you know, things like line height and margins for various mm. headers and stuff. Because um, I was quite particular and I wanted kind of all the HTML to work a certain way, like I had to rip a lot of it out. But uh, no, I was really impressed, made it so much easier um, to get something going. Uh, but having said, yeah, having said that, I did have to write a bit of PHP because I wanted to sort of alter some of the structure of how WordPress treats things. So, yeah, pretty good. So overall, fairly, fairly rewarding experience. <laughs> uh, I mean, you are using the theme. It is your new theme on your, your website. Yeah, so I'm dog food in it. Um, and I'm happy I do it. Like, yeah, I guess I am more happy with the design of my site than I've been for a very, very long time. Um, and... Yeah, and I guess, like, it's my first time sort of writing PHP in a very long time. Um, Kind of the CSS3 type features. Um, I mean, it does really feel... like I, I must look at my stats to see how many Internet Explorer visitors I have and what version of Internet Explorer. The only version of IE I have is IE8, which is a, on a my Windows XP install in VirtualBox. So I I did sort of take a minor look at it, but I, I was kind of, I guess the nice thing with doing an opinionated theme is that like, you know, you can be like, well, I don't care what it looks like for you. I don't care what it looks like for me. And is there anything that you're still going to hack away at at any part or are you, you done? Like, is there any features that we don't see that you need, that you need or something in terms of like uh, archives or anything like that? Is that all kind of no, taken care that's- of? That should be all done. I think one or two edge cases with some of the image galleries that I need to look at. Um, but no, um, there's some things I'd like to do. I tried to, one of the things I tried to do was this concept of the the WordPress site title. And I tried to change it. And I think it still needs a, a bit more visual work, but kind of change it to the way Medium does it. So that it's the site title when you're just browsing the index of the site or looking at a list of posts, but it, it turns into your kind of tagline at the bottom of your content in a single post. But I think nice. that's a bit more work. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, it's fun. What else have we got? Baz. Mm-hmm. Is there going to be a PlayStation 4S? Yeah, pretty much. Um, so Sony just sent out invites to an event they're having on September 7th, which is probably the same day as Apple's event. I'm not sure. We don't know officially for that, but anyway, it could be interesting if both of them are on the same time. So, there was rumours that there was a PS 4.5K, PS Neo. So the, the title for the PlayStation VR at the time was Project uh, Morpheus. So... The new PlayStation be Neo, so it's, you know, codename from the Matrix. So like this, ah, that was kind of interesting. Yeah, so the, the original rumours was that it was going to be shown at E3 this year. And then a couple of days beforehand, Sony came out and said, look, we're not actually going to show it. Uh, it is in development, so they did kind of give us some information that, you know, they are working on a newer console, but they weren't going to show it off. I think the main reason at the time was that 
uh, it just came out that Microsoft were going to show off their console. And maybe they were worried that, I guess, if they showed off their console, it might have been less powerful than Microsoft's one. So they were probably smart to kind of go, actually, you know what, we'll wait to see what Microsoft is, you know, giving us, what are the specs for their machine, and maybe we might, you know, up the RAM or something of their new machine. So I guess what it is, is it's an interesting one. They're not getting rid of the PS4. So this will be side-by-side, be sold side-by-side with the PS4. Any game that is being developed for this new console, so um, any, any game that we develop for it will be able to work on the PS4 and the PS Neo, PS4 Neo, or whatever it's going to be called. Um, I guess because it's going to have um, better hardware specs, like a better graphics card and more RAM and stuff like this, it's going to be able to do, I suppose, visually the games are going to look better. So um, you'll be able to just have higher textures and stuff like this. You'll be able to get better frame rates out of games. And I suppose probably what's going to be the best thing about it is for VR and stuff. So the PS4 is kind of underpowered compared to a lot of PCs and VR on it isn't going to be, you know, of the standard of a PC gaming machine VR experience. But I guess this will get a little bit closer. Um, so that's kind of interesting, I think, for that. Um, I, they also say that any old PS4 games that you have would probably work better on the new console. So you'll probably get better frame rates because a lot of games target 30 frames a second. So with a bit of code update from um, developers, they'll be able to update their old the games that are already out at the moment and on sale and just have, you know, a little bit of extra code in it that will, you know, push it to better frame rates. So I believe a lot of developers at the moment, um, any game that is being developed has to have this new console in mind. We'll probably see then, I guess it's only, it's less than a month away. Uh, what happens? What are they going to show off? What specs are going to be announced? And rumors are that it could be out in October or before the end of the year anyway. I think I'll get one. <laughs> well, I was going to say, is the existence of this product a tacit acknowledgement that the PlayStation VR that you have on pre-order yeah. would run like an absolute dog on the no, no. existing so, PS4 the- that you have? No. So the one good thing that Sony did was they said to all game developers making P- uh, PlayStation VR games that they had to have minimum of 60 frames a second. And, or what they'll do is they ought to have 60 frames a second, or I think it's 45 and they double it to 90. So games can't go below those standards. So the, I guess the games might not look as high fidelity, the, you know, textures might not be as high quality and, but the experience is meant to be great. So it it, it, it doesn't take away, I, I think, that it's compared to a PC. It's not as powerful. But I think the experience on PlayStation VR is probably going to be pretty good um, and be able to compete with the likes of stuff on PC. I guess, you know, you know, you don't have as many options in, in stuff you're going to be playing. But uh, I think it's going to be good. I think just... Probably what the Neo will just improve is, again, even better frame rates. Um, and I suppose, you know, better textures and stuff like this games will probably, VR games will look better, I think. Um, so I think that's why I'll get it, you know, for the VR stuff. It's interesting though, because this is the first time companies have started doing this, uh, console manufacturers. Well, I wouldn't say the first time because Nintendo does it quite a lot, I guess, with, um, their DSs, their Nintendo DSs, they release a new one, and uh, I suppose the 3DS that just came out, the new version, um, games do look better on it. People haven't been too annoyed by that, um, but I think people, you know, you hear people getting annoyed, kind of going, oh, I suppose if you invested the money in a PlayStation 4 already, why do I have to get a new one, you know? And was there some supply chain reason for this, though? That's what I read originally, that AMD were changing the processor or something, and they were cutting production of the the current processor, and that's, oh, right. that's really the reason? And that, okay. the, that Sony and Microsoft just decided, ah, sure, look, well, if if we need, if we, we may as well put out new new machines. Yeah, okay, I didn't, I didn't hear that at all. Yeah, it could be a total... Uh, could be total misinformation now, but 
that there, yeah. was, there was an actual AMD were upgrading the CPU line for for those consoles or the, okay, that but... those consoles used anyway, and that they would essentially have to take the upgrade or find a different supplier. But I, I, I guess they're still going to continue selling the PS4, is what they're saying. But see, they could turn around now and kind of go, yeah, we're discontinuing it, but I doubt that would happen. He said, yeah, maybe less numbers or something like that. And how does the Sony sort of strategy, given that you now know some of the specs, how does it compare to the Microsoft strategy? They they have also announced something, yeah. So they, at the E3 conference, they announced um, Project Scorpio, which is their 4K gaming console, I guess. Um, the leaked specs for the Scorpio were better at the time. Definitely side by side comparison. The, yeah, I think, um, I don't know exact figures, but Microsoft's one did look better. So it could be a case that Sony went back to the drawing board and go, okay, we've seen what they're going to be, uh, what they're going for. We need to update, you know, our specs a bit more. Um, that all comes down to price and stuff like that because they were able to compete or, you know, really challenge Microsoft's Xbox One versus PlayStation 4 because there was a hundred euro difference, you know? Do you try to compete on specs or do you just have an improved version of your console and then have it cheaper, you know? Interesting. Do, do both the Sony and Microsoft consoles basically count as like half a console generation or are they still almost even within the current no, so. I guess it depends. Last year's generation or last time's generation was hitting on 10 years or hit on 10 years, but it was about the seven, eight year mark before the new consoles came out. So the, these current consoles have only been out three years, I think, in and around that. Um, so it's, it's a very short cycle. But if they do continue, you know, with the PS4 and the Xbox One and then have these other consoles beside them, those ones could still go up to maybe six years or something like that they could sell them for but after hearing what dave said i'm not sure then you know that kind of changes a lot of stuff time dave to take the plunge and buy one do you think yeah if they announce it been waiting for yeah yeah um that could be so you're both gonna buy one of these yeah i've been i've been wanting to buy a playstation 4 for about the last since they came out like but realistically i've been kind of waiting until or the a console, I suppose, not necessarily a PS4, but I've been waiting for them to kind of uh, settle down a bit before I pick a side. And I think for the last year, I've been leaning towards PlayStation. And then there was just a constant rumours, no, no, they're bringing out the PS4. Yeah, yeah. That. So then I was just kind of like, well, I'm not going to just buy one and I'd have to buy another one. So I just said I'd wait. Do either of you have a 4K TV? No. No. Not yet. Again, I'm waiting for them to be, I guess, OLEDs to become more popular and go down in price. Now I'll get one. And again, I think that the 4K is more, more again, for the resolution of the, the VR than for the TV, maybe. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, like... I mean, it, it, I, I games have, won't be in 4K, probably. Yeah, and I've, I've one of those those charts, and I measured the distance from my seat to the TV, and... 4K would make no difference. 1080p is already too much detail for my eyes to distinguish, apparently. You know, <laughs> so anything above 720p is lost from my, from my current seat. Um, yeah. What, well, do you need a bigger room, is it? I uh, know. Or do you need, need to be closer? The, I either need a bigger TV or I need to pull the, the seat closer. But I don't know okay. either of those things just yet. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's more, so Thomas Xbox just released, um, a new, ver- well, I guess a a remodel of their current Xbox One. It's a smaller version, but it does play 4K Blu-rays on it and stuff like that. So, so this it, is not Project Phoenix, uh, Scorpio. No, Scorpio. Sorry, um, yeah, um, it's not. It's just a a lot of consoles do this. They just make um, a smaller version of it. So, with the last generation of the Xbox, I don't know if you know about the ra- Red Ring of Death. Where a lot of consoles did us died because the ventilation wasn't great in there and there was some, so they ended up just for this one, they made a huge console. So tons and tons of room inside in it for ventilation. So probably just to get around what happened the last time because it cost them billions. So now they've, you know, figured out the design and stuff like this even more and probably the, the chips are smaller. So they have a much more compact design that came out. That one has 4K, uh, 
Blu-ray, you know, right? Video it. playback, but yeah. Not. Um, so the consoles, the new ones, they're they're both capable of, they say, doing 4K gaming, but that's going to be too much for them, I think. Being able to draw games at that resolution, maybe very simple 2D games, but probably not 3D games. As Dave said, no one's got, not too many people have, you know, 4K TVs at the moment, so no one will miss it if it doesn't happen. Yeah, I just found an article there that this is the the one I was talking about a minute ago. Um, mm. It's some guy on Reddit, an NAMD investor presentation suggests that the CPU GPU upgrade was introduced primarily to lower production costs. So they said that basically um, Sony had the choice of either footing the bill for a new installation of the lines to produce the chip or to redo a redesign and use their standard production lines, which everyone else would be using. And that would give them the economies of scale. So that's um, that seems to be what what that that's indicating. Cool. Okay. More to it than that, I suppose. It was funny. No, I didn't see that reported in a lot of places. Yeah, it, it's just again, it's just like some guy on Reddit, but it it's it, right, it makes yeah. sense, you know. Yeah. Just one thing. There's nothing to say. They wouldn't have done it anyway, you know. But it. it so we'll be watching that anyway. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully it's not the same day as the iPhone 7 launch, you know. We can keep them separate. Might be too much for me to handle one day. <laughs> we'll, we'll come over and we'll, we'll watch you closely and make sure that you don't explode or anything. Yes. Again, off topic, Dave, I was suggesting to Thomas that it'd be kind of fun if we recorded um, the Apple event live. So an, an, an unedited podcast. So you yeah. could, you know, listen to the podcast back while watching the event if you were watching it at a different time. Yeah, That'd be cool. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. So are we excited about the iPhone 7? I am. Are you, are you guys going to go on? So you're both on, uh, Baz, you have an iPhone 6 Plus and Dave, yeah. you have an iPhone 6. Yeah. So I guess without anything else new, the the, the two main reasons why I want one now is more RAM on the phone because... You want one because you dropped your old one last this weekend, didn't you? That's not too bad. Not too bad. After, I don't know how many years of having iPhones, I finally dropped one. Um, but, yeah, more RAM because, you know, say you're in an app and then you might go over uh, to, say, Snapchat or something or WhatsApp. Sometimes you might use the camera in those apps. And opening the camera uses so much RAM that other apps in the background close. So I'm hoping that more RAM means, you know, more background storage. And I'm also, I do want the 3D touch, the haptic feedback stuff. Um, so even from like the 6S, 6S and the 6S Plus, there are two features I want, more RAM. And so I'd be happy to get the upgrade, you know, without anything else that I don't know what's, we're not saying, if I didn't know what else was announced, I'd want those two features that are in the 6S. Right. So you're kind of, you're basically, you're ready to upgrade now. You're, you're, yeah. You're at yeah. the end of a two year contract. So Mine isn't, but anyway, yeah, I'll be getting one anyway. <laughs> um, and, and the stuff, there's stuff that's already happened to the flagship line that you've decided you want plus whatever new stuff. Plus whatever want. good stuff comes. Yeah. Dave. Yeah. So I'm on a two year contract. So I know I'd still have to pay like 300 quid or whatever to get the, to get the iPhone, but um, I'll probably probably do it. Um, I skipped there a few years ago. I was on the 4S until the six, um, and I just took I just took free 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 months on my contract instead of bothering with a with a five or a five S or whatever. But I think it was it was the I ended up with the 4S because Apple did the longer the longer cycle. I was on the four and I was waiting for what should have been the five, and then. Apple changed, you know, and it, it kind of upset, upset a lot of things. And eventually I got back into, got back into sync with the, with the lineup. I'm just going to get it because, I don't know, it's just not, um, I don't know, I'm jaded. So whatever. You know, <laughs> take, take so, away, take, just, just, just take away the, just take away the headphone jack already. Get it over with. Just, yeah. So, uh, know. dongle or Bluetooth? Because Bluetooth um, pairing works so well, right? Jeez, that's a very private question. It could, it, could, um, it could have Bluetooth 5 in it, you know, um, which would be even better. 
hopefully. But yeah, I suppose it needs to be it needs to have smarter Bluetooth, I guess, yeah. integration. Um I will be dongle because I bought a very expensive pair of headphones recently, so yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I have I have nice headphones that I like to use the old fashioned way. And mm-hmm. I think I would probably I don't know, maybe if if I could get a little adapter that made them wireless without too much hassle, that'd be pretty cool. But just having to charge headphones, like I had, I had wireless headphones like years ago before, like, I, like when Doom 3 came out. Oh, wow. I had wireless headphones because I remember playing Doom 3 with my wireless headphones and they were like FM or something, you know, so like you had to tune them in and stuff. <laughs> and, <laughs> and if you walk too far up away from the, the house, it was just like, um, but yeah, I had, you know, I had wireless headphones and the thing is just, it's another thing to charge. It's another thing to, to look after that. I just, as, as it is like charging the phone is, is enough of a, enough of a thing to remember to do. Um, so if there's some way, like if I can plug the wireless headphones into the phone when charging, you know, I think it did definitely have to be usable with the headphones plugged in for charging and then, you know, maybe wireless after that. But there has to be some mechanism to make it easy to actually use. Or I don't know if you wirelessly laid them on the back of the iPhone while it's charging, they'll suck up the energy or you know, <laughs> something beautiful like that. But... So, so something better than the stylus charging that's in the iPad Pros. Yeah, I mean, it looks like something you're going to battle with, like you know. So I don't know if you guys saw the one of the images. Uh, it, it was the black iPhone. I don't know if you guys saw it. I put it up on uh, the show Trello board. Um, that's the the iPhone in Canada link, yeah. Yeah. So it's got um. It shows off the, 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 the connectors at the back. I guess like the iPad Pro has that, those, um, metal connectors on the side. So you can, you know, put it onto a keyboard and stuff and hook up peripherals to it. I wonder, will they utilize that somehow for charging? I'm not sure. I don't know if you can charge that way at all. Yeah. Well, I know be that on the, the iPad Pro has the, the three, has the, the little panel of dots down the side of it yeah. for the, for the smart keyboard and you can charge that can be true that true that yeah so i wonder because there's also the rumors of the pro version of the iphone um so that might be the one with the better dual camera in it and the one made with the connectors on the back so maybe it's like look just get the pro version you can charge it on a charge mat and it has dual cameras and then that would piss people off yeah i, I guess because people are already pissed off about the six Plus having a better camera than the six, you know, it has all that image stabilization and stuff in it, but I guess they got to make it. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't understand. You know, if you want a smaller phone, but you still want the features, it's, it's kind of sucks for people. And is there that much of a difference? Like in the camera? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's just image, the, stabilization. Uh, image stabilization, but it's pretty good image stabilization in it. Right. And um, it's obviously a hardware so can, feature, like um, no, it's yes. yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's hardware. So yeah. Um, so I, I think if we take a look at the the last iPad Pro, the nine inch one, there was mm-hmm. the interesting enough addition of the. It was what it was kind of a, a super advanced ambient light sensor that yes. adjusted the the tone of the mm-hmm. the screen to match the environment the same way as paper would. Um, do we think we'll see that on the the iPhone? Is that something that's that they're going to bother with? It makes sense, I guess, on the iPad if you're doing design stuff on it. Yeah, it's it's, it's a better environment, I guess, for doing that kind of stuff. Maybe they maybe they would. You know, don't see why not. Yeah, I like the idea of it anyway. I mean, as much I, as yeah, I, I think it's a good idea. Like, but it 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 sounds, yeah. sounds nice. I'd like Apple style Apple Pencil support on the phone. Yeah, because why yeah. not? Like. Because Why not? If, you yeah. know, if it's the phone's actually decent enough, if the Apple Pencil is decent enough resolution, the phone can actually be the six and the six plus um sized phones are actually decent enough for doing a bit of art or a bit of doodling or a bit of bit of something, you know? If they made it that you could just write on the lock screen and save stuff, you know, 
so you, you wouldn't have to that's, unlock or anything. You just start writing and stuff stuff gets saved, you know? That's one of the cool features about the Note or the Galaxy Note. You can do stuff like that, you know, just right on the lock screen. All right. Save notes. I might have to get an Android. <laughs> if there was pencil support, Dave, but just for the Plus, would that tempt you to get the Plus? It would, yeah. Are you going to get the Plus anyway, or are you going to stick with the smaller version? I'll stick with the 6. It's fine. Okay. It's big enough for reading and all that movie stuff. But yeah, if it worked with the, the Plus, I'd get it. But that's that's under the assumption, like, I mean, that I don't get an iPad Pro sometime soon. Um, yes. Like, I think if I did get the iPad Pro, I wouldn't care. Um, or maybe I'd care even more. Who knows? I think the one thing I would like would be, like, a better screen. Uh, again, there are rumors about the quad HD screen and stuff like that. Um, yeah, and that's the thing all the Android people keep going on about AMOLED instead of mm-hmm. whatever the iPhone still uses. Um, it's just TFT, isn't it? Still? Not 100% sure. Yeah. yeah. But they're, they seem finally, like, I think Apple are fairly big on color in the screens. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, and having it having it right, like if you buy an Apple monitor or an iPhone, like the color is fantastic. And I've if you've ever taken an iPhone and got the screen replaced, you immediately notice the the difference. Or if you take two identical iPhones and re- change the screen on one of them um, to a you know to a, a motor factors, it's not you know it's it's not as bright, it's not as colorful, it's not not as joyous. Um, um, but also the extended color gamut and the, the mm-hmm. IMAX and stuff. Yeah, that's it. They've always been spot on with the color reproduction. And like when I had my 4S, when I got the screen replaced, everything looked off and everything looked, you know, now maybe it's just what you're used to as opposed to what's actually right and what's what's good like. But, you know, it's a, it's a big enough thing to for some people. So whoever the Chinese manufacturers who are making the, the mock-ups, they seem to be doing good business anyway. A lot of people seem to be buying them. And even Marcus Brownlee on YouTube, he he's doing an up and, you know, up and coming phones and stuff like this. So he talks about an Android phone, but he also talks about the iPhone 7 and has a mock-up in his hand then the whole time. That looks pretty spot on. And are they like are they Android phones that look like an iPhone, or is it literally just a block of plastic? Like? It, it's a yeah, block of plastic. You know, it's like yeah. full metal. It's got the switches. It's got glass on the front, so it's reflective. But there's no screen or probably insides then. But uh, it does look good. And I guess you know you get an idea of it, of what it could be. That was IPS screen, not TFT. Sorry. I'd say that, that hopefully they'll come out with something anyway that surprises people, but. This could just be the year, yeah, you know, if we're not going to be too impressed by many things, but I'd still, as I said at the start, I'm going to, no matter what, I want to get one just for upgrades in RAM. <laughs> I just want, you know, stuff like that. And Because the 6S went to 3 gigs, is that? Or, sorry, t- uh, 2, two gigs. 2 gigs, yeah. And I know it's not, you know, I suppose... Androids are going four and six gigs and stuff like that. But again, that's because the operating system is kind of sucky. No, no, Baz. <laughs> so are we, so Baz, you're still on the beta 10, are you? Yes, I'm on the fifth one and pretty spot on besides one issue. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely gotten there. So there's always some feature that Apple hold back. Um, yes. Is there any hint of it from the betas or anything like that that you've, you know, is there any, you know, there's going to be some bit of hardware they announced that does something. They're, they're going to show off something new software yeah. in the, in the announcement. Like, do we have any speculation or idea or? I haven't heard anything. This is usually kind of thing that you see like, a is it Steve, Steve Trouton Smith? He'd usually find something in um beta version of Xcode or something like this yeah. that alludes to something. I guess even like the split view code used to be in Xcode for a long time before they actually released it. Damn, actually, that'd be something. I think I, I wanted that before we, talk, we, we talked about our predictions for iOS 10 at the time, and I wanted split view. <laughs> Every time I think about it, I really, really want it Yeah, on the, the bigger phone. I think the remote view controllers for the safari share sheets and stuff like that were in there for yeah for ages as well yeah um, you know but so far we haven't we haven't seen too much 
No, I don't think so. Um, it can all just be speculation again. Thomas, are you going to get one? Almost definitely not. I messed up my phone stuff. You did, but you didn't know that they were going to release an SE. <laughs> yeah, so I bought a 5S back in about October. And I would tend to, I, I buy my phones from Apple unlocked. And so I tend to go a bit longer than two years anyway. Um, so what I should have done, if I could, yeah, if, if I could have held out now, I, there was a kaput phone basically, so I didn't really have the choice. But if I had waited until the iPhone SE, because I bought the 6S and returned it after, you got two weeks, I think, to return it. Um, yeah, something like that. So yeah, I was just too big. My hands are too small for the 6S. And I wasn't willing to go to the Plus. Um, although, Dave, your comment about the iPad makes me kind of think, Baz, do you feel your Plus-sized phone effectively negates the need for an iPad? No. No. It's still I, I, a big I, Yeah, phone. I mean, I like the appeal of the iPad, especially with Spliff, you know that... I could be doing two things on at the same time, movies and Safari. I'm not sure, does it look good? But uh, I would definitely still want to go to an iPad Pro at some point. Okay. So, yeah, I'm definitely not getting an iPhone 7. Yeah. So I can laugh at all the people going ballistic over the no headphone jack. Um, I, I do think it's interesting, if they do get rid of the headphone jack and they want to add some support for wired headphones via dongle, it does mean they're going to have to change the spec of the lightning cable, which I know is proprietary anyway, so Apple can do it. But I guess it'll be in the dongle. They'll either have a smart dongle. I don't know how they're going to do it because normally how these things work is there's like kind of a resistor. And this how it normally works is a resistor connected between two... um, two pins of an adapter and then in software they will then enable different functionality on some of the other pins i presume that's how how they would do it with the lightning connector or, or they'd add a chip cool yeah well there's nothing to stop them doing it again like digitally like it is going to have to as far as i know there's no analog output on the lightning cable yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it's going to have to be digital. You know, there's not they don't need to change the protocol. The lightning cable can already output audio digitally. The only so. thing is that that would be, make people go even more um, apeshit because like the 30 pin to lightning adapter. So there's a DAC inside that. Um, but because there's a DAC inside it, it's quite expensive. So... I can imagine Apple getting a lot of people being even more upset if the dongle to use your wired headphones costs 40 euros. I don't think it is. They've already, again, they've shown off ones for like the the Moto X and it doesn't look that impressive. The Moto X probably charges over USB-C. Oh, that was actually, yeah. So that'd have, that, that'd probably be an analog pass through. Um, whereas, like, obviously Apple have kind of fairly large profit margins on everything, but still, like, there is a non trivial amount of complexity to a dongle in that they have to put a DAC in. And, and DACs aren't, you know, they're, they're not a trivial kind of no. piece of thing. Now, at the same time, you do get headphones with the phone. Yeah. True. So, you know, is it just going to be like, uh, just buy Bluetooth headphones, are we going to have an option for a dongle even? Do you know, is it going to be, um, you know, are they just going to cut the cord and leave it to third parties and just saying, look, you just you just get just get Bluetooth headphones or whatever and that's, that's it now. Good luck. That's a very Apple-y thing to do, isn't it? Yeah. That would piss me off now, I think. If they can nail the Bluetooth pairing and come up with uh, earphones with incredibly long battery life then fair enough but i don't have i don't have faith in either of those things and if if they do wireless bluetooth uh, airpods how are they going to get the mic you know obviously they can do some sort of madonna style you know headset type thing but won't that look kind of really silly hmm bone conduction yes <laughs> like i like the way the 
the microphone is in the headphone cable because it means you don't look that stupid. You do, Thomas. <laughs> no, but not because of my headphones. <laughs> so, like, you can be walking down the street, just listen to your music, and they're just, they take the form of normal, I don't know. Anyway, doesn't affect me. Yet. I'd be laughing at you, losers, though, with your stupid Bluetooth. What I'd really like, actually, is if I was watching the Apple TV, and then I could just, like, redirect the output to my new shiny wireless headphones from my iPhone. Oh, Dave, there are so many things that need to happen before that happens. Number one, which is your Apple... Airplay headphones. <laughs> no, no, just your Apple TV has to work for long enough. <laughs> yeah. You have to be able... Yeah, it's been behaving itself. Yeah. Pick up the he- the remote and not brush against it, causing it to sort of skip over half of whatever you're watching. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Apple TV. It would be cool, though, wouldn't it? It would, yeah. Because, like, as it is, like, um, my dad has the setup with the the airport express going to the speakers and the, the Apple TV sends the audio to the stereo and stuff. And, yeah. you know, if it was just late at night or whatever and you just wanted to, you know, not have to sit next to the stereo with the, the headphones plugged in or the TV with the, you know, um, which I don't think anyone does anymore. Um, you know, it'd be nice to just have them have just be like yeah airplay to my to my headphones and off you go that'd be class apple do that there go on <laughs> they're listening yeah <laughs> i suppose yeah the other smaller feature was that they're they're gonna remove the um the home button and make it a haptic feedback kind of like the um the, the, the trackpad on the macbooks but one of the things i saw recently was um do you know you can have your on-screen controls where you can have the home button on the screen for inaccessibility? You guys yeah, ever seen that? Yeah, what everybody does when their home button breaks. Mm. Yeah, so that, that was it. It was, uh, someone had it in a screenshot and someone was asking, why does everyone in Asia have it on their screen? And it's because they want to prevent their home button from breaking. So they use the on-screen one, which I thought was interesting. So it's like, is that like using mats in your car so that you can sell it on, like, and, yeah, yeah, you're getting no enjoyment out of it. But I guess, will people, now when this comes in, there's going to be no actual physical button there. Will people continue to use the on-screen controls? See, you even need though there's a physical button for doing the restore and stuff, don't you? Like, I mean, obviously, look, there's more physical buttons yeah. you use. But like at the moment, if mm-hmm. things go wrong, you need, you, you kind of need it. You kind of do. And there's been many times where I've had to do a hard reset or a soft reset or whatever it's called. And then even I've had the times, it's it's a while, it was the four, um, and I sent it back to Apple twice, and I got it back saying there was nothing wrong with it, and the hardware reset wouldn't work, I just, they just locked up and I had to wait for the battery to die. Oh. Uh, thankfully that hasn't happened since. Yeah, it's an interesting one, because I guess presumably if they do add a haptic home button, so it's going to be the same as, as the force touch. On the, the trackpad, trackpad, yeah. that we have on our laptops, mm-hmm. um, which is just... You know, we discussed before, it's great. And then very, very occasionally when it stops working, but your laptop is still on and you're like, whoa, this is weird. <laughs> it's a strange feeling. Oh, you guys both have that, D. Yeah. yeah. Ah, and I have to say, okay. it's, it's now clearly they have more room in the Mac to do it. But what do you think, Roz? I'm, I actually don't think it's bad. Well, I think it's great. And I like the, it's got two levels, I guess, of pressure on it. Um, when I go back to my MacBook Air, Initially, I was a bit weird going between the two of them, but not anymore. But yeah, I think it's it works pretty well. Um, I'd say, Dave, it's one of those things like, you know, I, I'm kind of picky about keyboards and stuff. Like, I don't like the keyboard on my MacBook Pro because um, I don't think it's as good as the one on the Air. Yeah. Um, but actually, I don't object to the trackpad. I think it, it feels a bit like, sorry, sort of Harry Potter technology, how it feels like a real click. I have to say that since... Um, the I think it's 2008 or whatever when Apple brought out the fully glass trackpad like that that's still the gold standard and I don't mm-hmm. I don't think anyone can I don't think any anyone's copied it to to that extent that it actually works that well I know I've used a few few other ones that a few Windows PCs lately and oh my god how did they get anything done and you're like you're kind of yeah, I knew it was bad like 10 years ago, but surely they would have caught on by now. But they're still awful. 
Yeah. It's so bad. And I don't know anyone with a really expensive Windows PC. Like, you know, everyone's kind of like, what can I get for 300 quid? And that's never <laughs> going to be, that's never going to be good. Like, you know. Uh, no, my, my sense is, though, you're you're right. Like, it's one, like, there, there are lots of things that, P, you know, some PC manufacturers can do better, at least in the higher end products. But I don't think trackpads is one of them. I do think it's one thing Apple have, like, completely nailed. Yeah, it's almost at the stage that, like, if if there's something wrong with it or if it's it's if it's working funny, it's me. You know, I have a finger on it that I didn't realize on the edge or something, you know. Yeah. And it's 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 flawless like and it's God, I couldn't actually think of uh I was at a Mac with a mouse recently and not the trackpad. I didn't know how to do anything like I was like <laughs> so how do I get the the thing? You know, I was like trying to exp- expose it. That's not even called expose anymore. Um, do you know, and I couldn't, I just couldn't figure it out. I have all my shortcuts set up and everything like, do you know, it's, you go to someone else's Mac and you're like, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> we happy this week? I got something. That was very quick. Yeah, I know. Cause, uh, an hour ago, well, sorry, about three hours ago, <laughs> I realized, no, it's that time of week again. Um, but I had a spare hour. And I found something really awesome, um, which isn't new. Um, it's been around for quite a while, but I had never installed it before. I'd heard I'd heard of it before. Um, and it's Duolingo, the app that helps oh, yeah. you learn the language. Yeah, I, I, am going, I am going on holiday. I am going foreign. So I need to brush up on my French. And it pains me how bad I am at languages. Um in general, um, it's one thing I sort of feel a bit of shame about that. I, I just I would love to be better at languages and to know more of them and know one and a half that I do know, which is French and Irish. I wish I could uh, speak them better. Um, but the just the the experience of onboarding in the Duolingo app, I thought was excellent. They do this thing, which I think all apps should do, you know, that where rather than just presenting you with a sign on thing when you launch the app, allowing you to do some things and then saying, OK, if you want to go any further, you have to create an account. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. absolutely the way to go. Um, the um, But yeah, it just it was really enjoyable to use. Um, the UI is nice. Um, it's a little bit kind of cutesy with animations and sort of noises. A little owl thing, yeah. But it's not too bad at the same time. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I really admire what they're doing. And of course, it's all free. So I, I actually looked up their Wikipedia page because I had some sort of sense that the, their business model involved translation or language learners doing translation or something. And it seems like that they've kind of, that's not their aim anymore, that um, it's going to be, they're going to try and do like language certification, um, which seems like a solid sort of uh, way that they might be able to make a bit of money at least. Um, so I don't know, like it's nice to see a startup is still going and still doing something that's actually really useful. That was certainly useful to me. Yeah. Have you used it, Baz? Yeah, I've used it. Um for Irish and German. Hmm. And I wanted to use it when I was going to Budapest, uh, but they didn't have one at the time, I guess, for it. So yeah. it's not, I suppose, you have to have users kind of come together and they try to make their own, I believe. So, yeah, which is kind of be, cool, I think, then as well. You'd be happy to know that uh, Klingon is launching soon. Oh, superb. You know, so just in <laughs> case there's enough real languages that you don't, you don't have, you know. Yes, all the free time I have. So speaking of sort of commitments that I make on the podcast that I can't, um, or that I... I, I Fluent in French by the end of the year. Yeah. (laughs) So did either of you guys, like, how long did you last using it? Ah, not very long. I I used, first of all, I used it back when it was the the, the language learners doing translation thing. Um, And the focus is more on you actually translating an article than the the kind of game that it is at the moment. Okay. And I've done the French, Spanish, and Irish to f- uh, not, you know, I, I I stuck at them for a considerable enough amount of time, but they just it it really starts to grate on me after a while. Um, okay. For whatever reason, and I think they the way they introduce some of the topics and stuff it could have been better. You know, you you're kind of like, okay, I haven't seen that before, and I'm now being asked it in a quiz. That kind of thing is a bit bit annoying sometimes, and it. It didn't uh, didn't do well for my motivation on it, but um, 
I think, you know, it, it's one tool and, you know, throw on some French podcasts and read French comic books or whatever you, whatever else to, to supplement it. Mm-hmm. I always found the, uh, Michelle Thomas method. You looked that one off, Thomas. That's it's class. quite good. Yeah. It's really, really interesting. Don't you find him irritating though? No. Boy, I, 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 what, what I really enjoyed about it is, I suppose the premise is there's three people he's teaching. It's like a girl, a guy, and you. But oh, and one of them is always really dumb. He's stupid. Oh. He gets really angry with the guy because <laughs> he's a bit stupid. Um, I find that quite good. Suppose <laughs> will I do my? What's making me happy? Mm. Yeah. What's making me happy this week is Spotify's new feature called your uh sorry uh, uh, release radar so what i always found very good in spotify was the discover feature where um they had a they gave you a weekly kind of playlist of i don't know 15 to 20 tracks or something like that of music you might be interested in so what i do kind of on a monday is i stick an on and go for a shower and then i do that every morning then and play through the whole thing and maybe you know if I find a band I like every week or every two weeks, I'm kind of happy, you know? And, but the release radar one is bands that you do like, probably bands that you've listened to a lot or have playlists for, um, and new stuff as well. They give you a, a playlist of their new music, which is great, I guess, because I don't, I suppose, when I was younger, I used to be really into kind of going on bands I like and looking at their websites and seeing when they're releasing albums and stuff like this. But I found about f- five bands. I really like, and I didn't know they had new music coming out. And so I thought that was a really good feature. Um, and it's the kind of feature that I wouldn't leave Spotify for. I wouldn't go to Apple Music because it sucks for discoverability and stuff like this. And I think, so Spotify again is, you know, just kind of made me happy because it's always helped me find new music with minimal effort. Yeah. I think the discover weekly feature is worth the, it's worth the price of admission to Spotify. Um, yeah. Unreal. Yeah. It really is. It's like the it's best like. radio station ever, you know. It's kinda, <laughs> you know, you might necessarily want to listen to the rest of the album or anything, but you're just kind of like these are all great songs, and yeah, it, it's it's just really spot on for me a lot of the time. You know, um, it's awesome. It's very very good. Are you on Apple Music or Spotify, Thomas? I'm still on Apple Music. You should you should change. I know, but I hate the Spotify app. Why? They've updated it again and they've got a tab bar app now. I, I bet you it still has a hamburger and it's still no hamburger. dark. It's well, still it dark. is dark, but no hamburger anymore. It's branding, though. As bad as iTunes on the Mac is, and clearly it's awful, Spotify's worse. How is it? It's written in HTML. <laughs> <laughs> JavaScript. I suppose, Thomas, you're of that age now where you don't like new music anymore. You like the bands that I liked 10 years yeah. ago. I like what I like. Why are there no, why are there no <laughs> subscription services? Yeah. yeah. So I guess for you who wants to stick with your 10 albums that you really like, it's fine. I got to do something, though, because I yeah, like Apple Music isn't exactly working out for me. At the moment. I'm paying a family disc- uh, subscription for myself, mm. my mum, my wife. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Again, it's 15 quid for family subscription in on Spotify. Spotify as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well Jeez, we should it. get sponsored by them. <laughs> so, so you reckon the app has t- proper tabs now? Definitely does. Yeah. It's less confusing. I bet you it's still full of nonsense. Way less confusing. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of features because you go into browse and, you know, there's, there's tons of stuff you can find in it, you know, but, uh, yeah, Discover Weekly and Release Radar, as Dave said, are awesome now. Dave, what's making you happy? So, I have been a subscriber to Audible, um, insert ad here, for quite quite a long time. And mm-hmm. there was a series of um, books that I came across by a publisher on it called The Great Courses. Now, so I this is this is a few years ago, and I'd gotten a few of them, and they're they're absolutely fantastic. But they have they've the greatcourses.com and you can buy them and they're ridiculous money on DVD and everything. Um Bill Gates is a huge fan of them. He has shelves full of them. And essentially they're well produced college courses. Um that uh essentially you, you, you can you can watch on 
DVD or audio or whatever. But they're actually after launching a basically a Netflix style service. So you pay per month and you get access to all of the courses. And they're basically they're the production value on them is phenomenal. And it's it's well worth the price of admission. And they're 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 just class. Um, so especially if you have any interest in music, the history of music, there's a fantastic um, range of courses there about everything from, you know, um, solo piano works, the history of music, music, um, music is a mirror of history. You know, there's just fantastic, fantastic courses. And I signed up and I got my, my month's free trial. So I'm, I'm really enjoying that. And it's, it's fantastic. Cool. So I'm looking at the site here. So 15 a month after your trial is over, if you pay annually, is that? Yeah, that's about about right. Yeah. And video only. You really like sort of video courses, Dave, don't you? I do and I don't like. I mean, I find them interminable if they're about code. Um, You know. uh, So this is specifically a sort of a non-programming... Yeah, thing. this is there. There is a Python programming course on there, but this is this is music, art, cooking, okay. uh, history, philosophy, literature. You know, um, the the, the liberal artsy kind of kind of stuff. So, have you? Um, ha- are you in the middle of a course at the moment? Yeah. So, I suppose one of the the best ones I finished this on Audible when I bought it. You know, so the 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 kind of all you can eat Netflix version is is very recent because you know every six months I kind of go do the did they do that yet? And then this 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 time I did it. They actually did. You know. Um. So it's been something I've waiting for them to launch. I don't know when they did it, but somewhere between the last time I checked, and it's how to listen to and understand great music by Robert Greenberg, and that's just absolutely fantastic. Like he starts back at the year dot and it's i think there's 48 lectures or something of 45 minutes each and it just goes into the history of the history of music starting at the the plain song the chants and everything like that and right up to i suppose what we call modern classical music um and it's it's brilliant because you get it's not just it's not just a dry recounting of music and music theory and stuff like that there's history he tells you why this was that way the big um you know the big kind of discoveries what pushed this forward you know um you know the involvement of like religion and the the church on music um and how it shaped it and then how you know other other kind of events and had um had an effect on music see baz while you're plebbing around in your stupid spotify playlist dave is like kind of properly listen to posh people's music whatever and then i go listen to it on spotify (laughs) yeah (laughs) which is great because if there is something that they're talking about it's nice to actually be able to like actually listen to it instantly without you know they'll they'll play a a clip for a few seconds and it's really nice to actually go and listen to the full the full piece of music if you want to so even if you're not into it because i'm not not into that you know like i mean i'm not like i don't come home and be like Ah, let's throw on some Beethoven before bed, darling. Um, you know, but it's it's just the history of of it all interests me a lot. So even if even if you've no interest in it, it's it's fantastic. I'd, I'd imagine. Cool. Can I give a quick shout out to an Irish game developer? Not shout out, but just to plug his game quickly. Um, Irish game developers on Reddit, database. Uh, he just released his first Android game. It's called Not Golf. Looks fantastic. Um, so you can get that on the Android app store. Don't believe it's on the iPhone yet, but yeah, just thought I'd give him a shout out. And where was he plugging it? Baz on Reddit Ireland. Okay. And they are, yeah. sub- so currently it's at the top of Reddit, Reddit Ireland. Um, oh yeah. But I suppose by the time people hear this. Cool. Yeah. And he's got a, that's, that's sweet. That's nice. Yeah, I don't know. I guess, you know, it's one of those Irish game developers getting, you know, a bit of promotion. 